Passover's over And wouldn't it be neat If you could use all the matzah That you didn't eat Catch it like a frisbee With your friends in the park Or you could jump in the water And pretend you're a shark You can make a matzah big And play the guitar And you can make a matzah license plate for your car Use it as a coaster when you're drinking your beer Or you can throw it as confetti for a happy new year Insulate Decorate Exfoliate Constipate Passover's over And wouldn't it hey, Mom. Hello. Are we starting? Let's start. Okay, great. Well, welcome everybody to Hanukkah Erotica Book Club. I am Razel, also known as Rachel, here with Malia, my stepsister and co-host. Hi. Hello. So, uh, Pesach has come and gone. I, I want to hear a full <laughs> non-gebroxed, you know, recap, to be honest. I learned that there's a verb, like, do you broxed? Oh my god, do you brox? That's how you say it? Yeah, I guess I don't brox. You don't brox. I brox. I, I prefer to brox. You brox, but as as a matter of family protocol, you do not brox. I mean, the thing is, like, I can brox in... I can. It's not like it trafes up their 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 dishes or anything. I, I, right. I brox. I brox. What do you do with your kids? Do they brox? <laughs> so, so, so it was like, by the way, for our listeners, if you don't know what Molly and I are referring to. <laughs> How could you possibly not? <laughs> I would say one thing you may want to do is catch up on our Pesach episode. Critical and, info there. You know, I would I would catch up on our Pesach episode. I'm very proud of that episode. And then pop back in for tonight's episode. I would suggest if you're We're building. We're really building here. <laughs> if you're confused about the conversation. But yeah, like midway through one night, I just kind of like didn't know what to give Binny um, for din. And I was like, you know what? It's matzo pizza time. We're going so for it. She had a slice. And then a lot of people in the house wanted a slice. Interesting. And then I made a bunch of uh, gabrocks. Wow. You broke, made a bunch the, of... you broke the gabrocks, I don't know, spell or whatever. Yeah, but not, you know, but the people who don't brocks didn't brocks. Obviously. Yeah. Of Needless course. to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was good. It was great. It was, um, it was, it's bananas. It's a bit, but you know, one thing I was thinking was how much fun it would be if you all had a house there. Oh, I was thinking I was I had a long conversation actually about it with my sister-in-law because like I was thinking like we would probably do the Seder with you guys and it would be really fun and that it would be, be really fun. fun. It would be fun. It's a lot of fun family time. The holiday is, you know, there's just so much. There's the Pesach food, like just the Seders, the just everything about all of it is just a lot. And it but it was it was really it was very fun and also very wacky, but. I yeah, was, you're like creating a whole world for a week. Yes, exactly. Oh, and you texted me the latest greatest Six Flags Great Adventure Holomoid menu. I appreciated that. <laughs> yeah, who sent me that? Someone sent me that, and I sent it to you. That was really funny. The current Six Flags menu. I was impressed that they now seem to have Pesach rolls because I distinctly remember the hot dogs <laughs> just being given out like with a matzah. 
but it seemed like hot dog in a bun. I mean, who knows what that bun is, but that stood out to me. I'm looking at it now. Also, three-piece sashimi, like sashimi at Great Adventure, <laughs> seems like a yeah, dicey. really woof. Yeah, like where's that sashimi been when you're getting it at 3 p.m.? But I not know. good. Six anyway. flag sushi, but yeah, no. But it was it was. How was your holiday? Oh, it was good. Yeah, I mean, we were. Um, we went to, I did not want to create a Seder, so we went to the rabbi's house, the Chabad family. It was so nice. The kids, it was like, went till 2 a.m., and the kids just, like, passed out on the couch one by one. And then the baby, like, passed out in a baby seat, and I just slid him under the table. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. So they were all just, like, snoozing. Um, yeah, and then we packed them all up at 2 a.m. and went home. It wow. Was yeah. It's great. Good. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I'm ready for, you know, the post-Passover reading selection here. I am too. Wow. Shira's Secret by Chaya T. Hirsch. Do we, do we know anything about Chaya T. Well, I don't know. If you I, don't, start with a I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know much. I don't know much. I'm assuming it's a pseudonym, Chaya T. Hirsch. I do think that Chaya T. Hirsch is a pen name. I mean, it's okay. a very from pen name, but I think it might be a pen name yeah, yeah although like she's not doing anything scandalous no i mean well in the in the span of scandal that we've seen certainly not but i would imagine maybe for the community you know for if you live in that community writing a book like this might be scandalous it was very sneeous though it's true it's true so i guess yes let's start with a summary okay Okay, I'll start. Okay. So Shira is a 25-year-old right. ultra ultra orthodox girl, right? We're going to we're going to are we calling it that? She's not modern orthodox. Yeah, yeah. I would call it like yeshivish maybe. Yes, I was thinking yeshivish or ultra orthodox. I think she may even define herself as yeshivish at one point. I when she's giving Jeff like a Judaism primer. I don't know. I don't no? I don't remember. It's possible. I don't remember it, but I don't know. I don't, I don't, I didn't highlight that if that happened. But okay. All right. Well, I would, I say yeshivish. I, see, is a, I saw her as yeshivish too. Yeah. Yeshivish, ultra orthodox. She's very, she's very religious. Yes. And it, the story begins at her sister's engagement party. Her younger sisters are getting married off before her. This right. is, re, this is relevant to her story and her as a character. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. She's like, she's, it's causing her to like question everything, basically, because this is not the way things are supposed to go. Right. Which, by the way, was that the same for the um, main character in Schmutz? Oh. Yeah, I think so. Well, she was the next in line, I think. Right, 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 right. right. She was feeling similar pressure. But I do think, yeah, like the younger sister wasn't going to date until she was like off the market. I think there was like a, a, an, a an order right. for sure. So, so Shira's kind of overwhelmed at this engagement party or this l'chaim. And um, she kind of needs a breath of fresh air. And so she goes to the roof of her building. And on the roof. Lo and behold. Lo and behold is, is this guy. This non-Jewish seeming in her you know, her perception of him is this right. random, not religious, not Jewish dude. And right. they start and they start talking. Right. And there's 
I think you're supposed to feel like there's chemistry right away. And you do. I believe the chemistry here, I will say, overall between these characters. Yes, there's there's chemistry. And we learn that it's a Jewish guy from Texas who's never met Jews before. Right. He says. Right. (laughs) And um, so he's and he is not he is not orthodox, not religious, but not all, he's, I would say it's not only that he's not religious or that he's secular, he's like completely Jewishly illiterate. Yes, like yes. he's not, because like one thing that I think I've either discussed on this podcast or just generally with you is like when someone isn't religious, but is like, oh, I'm reform. It's like, no, reform Jews have their own identity, their own traditions, their own songs, melodies, Hebrew schools, bar mitzvahs, camps, right? Like the reform movement is its own this guy's not a reform Jew. This guy is a Jewish person who knows absolutely nothing about anything regarding Judaism. Totally. And if you even compare it to like Weather Girl when we read that, and I think, you know, the author there talked about her characters being sort of secular Jews, but they had a strong Jewish identity. They knew yes. Jewish cultural things they knew about synagogue they knew about holidays they knew about the cultural stuff around holidays so he doesn't seem to know he doesn't doesn't know what a challah is like he knows this is the best bread i've ever had yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i love this bread what <laughs> like he doesn't know he so you know so she meets this uh, honestly kind of unbelievable character right um like would he even be calling himself jewish if he like I, if he was this maybe he would be like my parents were jewish i don't know because i don't know the character i don't know that if people like this this kind of person exists it's possible they do it's possible i'm just in such but i don't actually think i'm in such a bubble like this person really 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 has no idea about any jewish tradition culture word food it's unusual it's on this is this is an unusual character right and I think it, it seems like, does the author think that just by placing him as being from Texas, that that, like, <laughs> explains the situation? Like, this is what Jews are like in Texas. I, right, I don't know. A, that's the thing. Like, I know Jews from Texas. Yeah, of course. And they're you just know, like, and like, they're like, like they're like Jews who were involved in their synagogue in Texas. Like, I'm pretty sure one of the, like, eight rabbinical students slash rabbis I've dated, I think one of them was from Texas. Like, you know, there's like active jewish communities in texas a lot of of them of course um so i do i do wonder if chaya t hirsch thinks by placing him as a texan it's it's yes maybe for her readers it's like oh right 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 he's from texas i I don't know well here's the thing the the tone of this book is like a very the, the whole tone in which it's written is very interesting to me it has this kind of like very sort of matter of fact kind of like almost like like tone to it that I I doesn't feel familiar to me and right like it's a it's an interesting tone and it almost reminded me of okay and then I started thinking about this do you remember that blog nice Jewish girl no I don't okay so like I feel like maybe I'll jog your memory because I'm sure we talked about this but back like in the mid 2000s at the height of like personal journal style blogging there was this anonymous blog called nice jewish girl uh, written by this woman who claimed to have grown up in the orthodox community and had like was past marriageable age and had been shomer nagia which means she had never touched oh, yes, a yes, man okay. in her whole life and she was like desperately lonely and like dying for physical 
relationship, but like felt so it felt so foreign to her that she didn't know how to initiate it. And she would like bring up these like, should she hire a male prostitute? Like she would like bring up all these crazy scenarios. Anyway, the tone of that blog was similar to me to this. Like that's what it hearkened back to this sort of like speaking about emotional things, but in sort of like a flat almost way. And I, I, I guess I'm like, is Chaya T. Hirsch, nice Jewish girl? I actually looked up that blog. It doesn't exist. It's not Aww. at that address anymore. So I don't know what happens to you, nice Jewish girl, but like, I would love a follow-up, you know, 10, 15 years later, whatever okay. it is. N- nice Jewish girl, if you've somehow found us, because I assume if you heard of a podcast called Hanukkah Erotica, you would give a listen. Nice Jewish girl, if you have found us, give us an update. Please. Give us a but, follow. Slide into our DMs. Malia needs an update. By the way, I definitely remember you talking about it. I don't remember reading it. But I yes, was I, really into it. Yes, yeah, I yeah, remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Um, I, I, I hear you. I agree with you about the tone. I felt maybe it came from a place of like a an untrained, like someone who didn't study writing. Like this is just someone right. who... I mean, the, she is prolific. She's written a lot of books. And this book was very long. Yes, it's a long book. Like, as someone who has also never written, the idea of writing a long book is very daunting to me. I'm like, maybe I would start with a tiny short story and see how it goes. Like, But, you know, she, yes, the, the, there was something matter-of-fact um, about her writing. But, something, but it also felt to me like young, like immature writing. Right. There was some. There was an immaturity about it, but also Shira is young, and and her and Jeff are young and c- kind of immature. So you know, was it her voice? Was it was it the author? I'm not really. I'm not really sure. So well, we have a lot to go here because they have just met on the roof. But okay, okay. To go make for a it. long story short, to make yeah, a long, yeah. TLDR, right? TLDR. Uh, they start. They really had developed feelings for each other. But she's in a tremendous amount of conflict because she's very religious. It's kind of clear he's not interested in being religious, but at the same time, he's really interested in learning. He like is a very curious guy. He really wants to learn, but he has this dark past, and he keeps talking about this dark past. And they kind of can't really fully get to know each other because he has this dark past. And also, they're meeting in secret on the roof in this weird dirty stairwell in their building um uh, ultimately they start meeting in his apartment he's staying with a friend um in, her in the building. meantime she's like going on these terrible she's under tremendous pressure from her family to get married her best friend is also like having her own drama because her best friend has like an even older sister who's still not married and is being passed over for dates because the mother's like frantic about the sister who's like 28 and not married and like um Oh, she goes on, like, a horrible date where the guy is just, like, blatantly rude to her. And, like, it's just like, ah, I don't want to be here. <laughs> Let's go. So it's, like, it's it's rough. <laughs> it is really rough. And all of the time, she's really, really thinking about, about Jeff, the guy. She's thinking about him a lot on the bad dates, even at a time where you actually start to feel like she might move on from Jeff. She, she starts to date someone from that she had met at work and right. you know you're but she keeps getting distracted he kind of sees that her thoughts are elsewhere and he's like you know you got to move on i i see that you're totally distracted and whatever's holding you back from him you have to try it out and go ahead and move forward go forth with him very that whole thing was highly 
unrealistic, but okay. Um, but you not, know, but also, the, I'm sorry, go on. No, you go first. I was just going to say, just to, to sort of con- contrast this with K.K. Hendon, there's really no, almost no unexplained references in this book. Like, I think. I mean, it almost feels like she's consciously writing for not a yeshivish audience. I agree. She, it's, it's, sometimes she's just directly defining her terms for the reader. And other times it's through Shira's lessons to Jeff. Yes. But it's literally like, this is a chillant. It's yes. kind it's kind of like a chili. <laughs> it's Shabbos food. It's food we eat on the Sabbath. The Sabbath. That's our day of rest. Right. And in the chillant goes beans and barley and it cooks overnight. It's served with potato kugel, a dish that's made of potatoes, but there are other kinds of kugels too. Broccoli, noodle, trust me, they're all delicious. Wow. You know? Right. I, Meanwhile, that, and he's like a potato kugel. How do you? What is this like? Again, how is he like a guy who so quickly jumps to identifying himself as Jew and he doesn't know kugel? I don't know, but um, right. She's very. She. It almost seems like. Yeah, she's almost like writing a book, an intro to yeshivish Judaism book. Like, yes. Here, she, there's a lot of time spent on like the categories of animals that are kosher and not kosher, and like she actually goes through. She doesn't skip over that, like, and just right. allude to the fact that they had that conversation. Like, you you read the whole thing, right? <laughs> this is the best. This is the best bread I've ever had in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's true. It's completely different than that cake than KK Hendon style. It real it it really is. Also, another difference is that KK Hendon, like her conversation and banter between friends, it feels to us, I think. Um, I don't know, possibly realistic. Like there's something in their text threads, their WhatsApp chats, or whatever it is that feels familiar. Sure. This feels like dialogue when you're like learning how to write dialogue. Like you're practicing in middle school or high school of like how to write dialogue and your the, the short stories you're writing in a creative writing class in high school. That it, it feels less realistic and believable. Right. There's something a little stilted yes. about it, for sure. Oh, here's a thing that stood out to me. It's funny, though, because I was like, are there any terms in here that are strange or that she's kind of like doesn't realize are insider terms? Okay. And I actually am going to reveal to you my own ignorance. So there's one. So the like, there's a side thing also where the school that she works for is going to have to shut down and the, she's talking about fundraising and she says maybe we could have a carnival or a Chinese auction. Oh, yes, Chinese auction. I've and only... I was like, surely that's not a thing that people outside the religious world use as a term because it just seems very Racist. politically incorrect. Right, yes. there you go. But I was like, I don't know what the actual word is for that thing because like, I went to a lot of Chinese auctions. As what? <laughs> I've, I've heard this term. I have never been to one. What is it? Is it a silent auction? Maybe it's a silent auction. It's like you you come in and you buy tickets. Like you get like a string of tickets like you like when you enter a lottery, okay. like a, a okay. raffle, like okay. a raffle. It's called, yes. And then, you know, let's say you come up and you're 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 entering like a for dinner for two at the kosher pizza store and it's like five <laughs> tickets is one entry. And so you put in like as many tickets as you want for as many entries as you want and then you move on and there's rows of all these different things that you can bid on but it's all using your raffle tickets. Okay. 
the parent social at Binny's school has something like this, but it's called a like a tiki tray. And I was like, is tiki tray a sub, like suburban thing I've never heard of? Like the event was like right when we moved the first was right when we moved last year, and it's this weekend actually coming up. Um, tiki tray was like. I don't know. It's okay. the same thing. It's not a, that's not a silent auction, something else. Right, right, right. Than what you're describing. That is I don't a com- know. What I'm describing is like a common religious fundraising thing. And yes. I've never heard of it in like the real world. And I don't know if it has a term that's not it might, it, well, inexplicably you know, an ethnic t- group. Tiki tray isn't. What I don't know what tiki tray it, it was this. It was this what you're describing. You get you pay for you pay for as many raffle tickets as you want and then you like throw raffles in different baskets to try to, you know, win different things. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to okay. see what they call it this weekend cuz right. I was like I almost feel like tiki tray was something I misheard. I'm going to see what they call it this weekend, but yeah. Um I didn't notice that she did say that, but that's definitely um a term that yeah, she's not she, she, in the like, outside world. She, yeah, she tipped her hand there a little bit. But, she definitely yeah. did. She it's also okay. said something at the end that was very from and very funny what? when they were talking about. Okay, so wait, like, sorry, I'm sorry. I really need to. I, I know really we're skipping wanna, over the plot. We're skipping ahead because yeah, we're skipping yeah. over the plot. So let me just finish. So yeah, she's going on. She's going on date. She even almost starts to like someone else, but you know her mind keeps going back to Jeff. At one point. She, she tries to end it multiple times. I can't do this. We can't talk. We, we, can't, we can't keep having these conversations. We can't keep meeting like this. Where The meetings are basically like them meeting on the roof or in the stairwell where she's like giving him Judaism lessons. And in it, they're kind of like developing stronger and stronger feelings for each other. But it always very... ends with him whispering something in her ear. Like yes. she's like, that's like the, the sexy <laughs> moment always involves a whisper in an ear. It does. That is definitely as hot as it gets. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they hold hands. Yeah. Okay. They do. They do. At one point, she has his hand between two of her hands, like hot. a Jeff hand sandwich. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. very intimate. Mm-hmm. Not. I mean, truly, truly is. If you yeah, no, touch someone, it's very intimate. Absolutely. Oh, also one more thing though. So another thing that I just was questioning the realism of. So you know how there's the guy who t- works at her school who's always looking at her, and that's the guy you were alluding that's to. That's the guy like, that I think. Yes. Yeah, who she then asks her out and he's like, you're married. She's like, what do you mean you're married? And he's like, well, I'm not married. I lied about being married to get a job at the school because they would never hire me at a girl's yeshiva if I was unmarried, which I'm and, sure. She- and my mom was sick and I needed to get a job to yeah, help Yeah, I was desperate her. for a job. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yes. I just question in a close-knit community like this, I feel a lie like that would never go anywhere. Like, you can't lie about being married. Everyone knows everyone. Like, what, yes. what do you mean? Oh, like, you were married? Where? Who? Why? In a wedding of 800 people, that one person I know was there? Totally. And I would see you. I see you in Shabbos. I see you in Shul. We have a million overlaps. You can't lie about being married. Yes, I don't know. That yes. just seems this so ridiculous. It, very, very. I, I, very far-fetched. Very far-fetched. Anyway, him lying about that did give Shira a pause. And she's like, you're not a good person. You're a liar. I can't go out with you. But she ends up kind of feeling like she wants to give this guy a chance. She right. really does like him. He's a very good guy. They have a nice connection. But she keeps thinking about Jeff. She keeps thinking about Jeff. 
Jeff. She she's distracted to the point where he's like, can I get you another drink? Or did I didn't I tell you that X, Y, Z big thing happens in my life? And she does not hear what her date is saying because she is like that distracted and deep in thoughts about Jeff. Yeah. So yeah, this yeah. guy, this guy catches on and, and, and he's the one who's like, you have to move on because we can't be together. He ends up getting engaged to a friend. And right. she's very happy for her. So that's very nice. Yes. Um, but yeah, anyway, basically, again, I said TLDR and then I talked for 22 minutes. But TLDR, <laughs> Jeff becomes orthodox in, in her absence. Right. And um, she runs into him. She's kind of still devastated and thinking about him. She runs into a guy with a keeper and she sees that it's Jeff. What, you know, what are you doing? Why, why are you wearing that? And he tells her that after they broke up, even though they weren't actually together, right. he had an emptiness inside of him. And he dropped a book and it, that she had given him and it opened to a page and he read the page and it was some rabbinic text that was calling to him. And he started to learn with a rabbi. And, you know, fast forward later, he's now a from Jew and he meets the family. They basically say that it's OK for them to go on a date and uh, they end up together. Right. So we don't, but we don't, you know, we don't see anything, you know, any, even their wedding day. We don't even see their wedding day. We see her right, friend's right. wedding day. Um, but the, the, the thing is that I, like I had mentioned, he has this dark past and a dark history and he doesn't want to talk about things. He doesn't want to talk about his family. Finally, he decides at a certain point, I'm now going back to the middle of the book, middle of their relationship where he decides to tell her the big secret. Yeah. What'd you think about this reveal? Ah, uh, <laughs> tell well, us what, about the reveal. Well, what did you you tell? Can you okay. can, you do it? Okay. He decides that he's ready to tell her about what his big secret was because at one point she's like, "But it, is it anything illegal?" He's like, "It's it's not." And he says that when he was younger, sometime in high school, he was walking home from school and he came home to see his family and two sisters, like his parents and sisters like with their throats slashed gushing blood there his entire family murdered and he describes like a crazy bloodbath and then he and 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 then he just basically like it was just a random serial killer it was no one that we knew and, and it's like it was it was like a terrible there's it nothing almost more felt tragic. like it was something like dropped into the book, like like, and then aliens came down, right. but then they left, and then we all continued on with life. Like it was just right. like, what? And then it just what? sort of everything just kind of moves on. Like it's just like, uh, like I don't know. It doesn't seem like it. It's so weird. I mean, okay, okay. there's no greater tra- tragedy. Like it's a terrible thing. Of course, of course, he's a loss soul looked yeah, looking for she, meaning of yeah. course but but what like i don't understand what hayati hirsch was thinking or how this is what she came up with it's so it's so it was it was like as if aliens came it was right and like of all the things that could have been a dark past again like it felt juvenile that, that that's what i'm trying to say like it was it was bizarre and it almost like feeds into this, like you're saying, like vision, like almost stereotypical vision of the world, that the outside world that you think that ultra Orthodox Jews have of like, if you're not an ultra Orthodox Jew, the world is like this danger, you could cut like this scary, dangerous place where like you could come home and your whole family's been murdered by a serial killer. Like, first of all, like, 
how many people statistically like how many people are murdered by strangers who don't know them at all whole Whole families families with their throats what is it does that ever happen blood splattering everywhere like a vanishingly rare like that seems like that doesn't that's not even a real thing it's like he did they catch the guy they caught the guy it was a random serial killer like that's what the line is right yeah (laughs) no further like but yeah i think that's a really interesting point like, is this, is this what from, but like ultra Orthodox Yeshiva shoes would think about outsiders? Like that there's just serial killers running around and like you could, you know, very easily, like your family could be murdered by one. So like, really, you should stay in the enclave because like, this is the alternative. It's, it's very possible. But what I was going to say about the different kinds of, you know, we like to talk about these from terms that they use in these books. Yeah. When she taught at the very end, she's at her friend's wedding and she's talking about when they'll be getting married. We'll be getting married. Oh, this is long. Okay. We'll be getting married in about six months, longer than most couples, but we're not like most couples. Jeff still needs some things to take care of before we get married. I don't mind waiting. I'd wait forever for him just as long as he's mine. This isn't the part I wanted to say. The thing I wanted to say, I have to find, but it's her saying to her friends, we're not holding like that. What? Something like about holding? Oh, like yeah. It's, it's a term about, it's a, in this conversation, it's in a conversation with a friend about them getting married, but it's something where she's like, we're not holding that way. Or can you, what is, it's a Jew, very yeah, Jewish yeah, term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's a very Jewish term and it's not really English. Right. Um, I really just have to find it. Wait, I, I want to find it. it. Yeah, there's like, I mean, it's like, um, we don't hold, but like you would say, like, well, first of all, I think that, I think that in general, like, because maybe it's like Yiddish. I don't know what it is, but I feel like there's a lot of mixing of sort of like prepositions in like yes, I think it has to do speak with, in general. It has to do with Yiddish for sure. Um, because by in general, like saying by, like I think that there's an overuse of the term by, like, oh, we ate by Rachel's. Well, it's not like, just an overuse. It's 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 incorrect because in of, oh. it's not. It's not English. Right. Right. We, we ate by... We ate by... We ate we, by the minces. Right. The like, and Which is... This is in the book. At one point, I highlighted it. Like, I talk about this all the time because it's not... It's just straight up not English. That ha- it definitely comes from Yiddish. But one thing that I thought was hilarious, this happened years ago, where two friends... I will not... I will not share their names, even though I know... You know I love to do that. I'm not going to call out their names. But okay. one friend... A friend... A friend of mine went out with a friend of somebody else who grew up from and she said to me she did not grow up religious jewish girl did not grow up religious and she mentioned to me that they often met at places near her apartment because he would rather meet by her apartment and i was like oh my god he's saying let me come to your place that's you so want to meet funny. by you? Oh, uh, you were and like she's translating like, for him. Like she, he was probably. But this like was like after it was already over. Like you, he was probably like want to meet by your place. Should I come by you? And she's like, sure. I know a great. I know a great wine bar downstairs. Right, right, right. She, she was using did, the actual accurate usage of the yes, term. Yes, because she, an educated woman, right. was like, I mean, not that these people aren't educated, but like they no, grew, just the they gap, grew yeah. up hearing this and 
thinking it was English. Right, right, so, right. So, she's like, so she's like, we always meet at places near my place because like he always asked to meet at places up by my apartment. And I'm like, oh, that's definitely not what he was asking. Right. It's, that meant your house. That's so funny. That's really funny. <laughs> so she kept finding different places near her near house. Near her house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buy me. It's funny. Um, no, right, but or- some, right before, right before, like a few weeks before Mitch and I got married, I had no idea what an uncle was saying when he was like, I won't be able to eat by you. And I was oh, like, yeah. what? And he was like, <laughs> I won't be able to eat by your wedding. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he was saying that he was <laughs> he was saying that he was having like a surgery and he wasn't going to be able to eat, eat on the wedding day or something. But like eating by your wedding, right, 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 like right eating right. by my wedding, by yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Right. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, right. So there's a usage of the word "by" in general. Yes, there is. And I think, but I think, so like if you hold by something, it means you it you like you observe Follow, it, like right. you. That's how you practice. I found I found it. Oh, good. Okay. Um, the friend is she? The friend discovers she finds them together. Okay. Like Panina finds Pina. Jeff and Pina's Shira. like the best friend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Panina finds them. Like finds like follows Shira and 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 sees that Shira is like meeting up with this guy, and she's like, "You have to end it. You have to end it." Yeah. She's like, "You didn't didn't what you know." do anything with him of course not i mean we touched hands but that's it and then she thinks and we nearly kissed my mind reminds me i shove it away she sighs in relief okay good so do you want to marry him i play with my hair we're not holding there yet i just really like him love him we're not holding there yet we're not holding there right i guess it's like that's not that's not english right we're not holding there yet. No, but I think that that's a turn. No, first of all, you're right. Of course, it's not English. But I think like it's yeshivish for like, I think they use it like when they're learning. Like if you're learning a page of Gemara, you're like, we're holding by, you know, Shabbat, you know, Gemara. And you would say like the tractate of Talmud that you're learning. Like we're holding at Shabbos, you know. We're not holding. Yeah, well, we're not holding there yet. We're not holding there. I think it's like, a, like you would say that. Right. That's not where we're at, basically. Right. Right, so her and Jeff were not holding there yet. They're not, yeah, they're not talking about marriage. It's not where they're holding. Right. Um, so I, that made me chuckle. Also, That's the really names, fine. the names is just like a parade of my nieces in the book. Like, oh, nice. And I really, I enjoy the names in the book. Like, I, I from 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 the for everyone, y- Yankee, like the, the, the her sisters fiance right. husband there's right. there's yankee there's panina there's bracha. shmuel there's bracha there's G- aunt gitty mm-hmm. um i i really in, I'm david. in i i like david like it's not it's not david it's not david it's not david it's david david yeah, yeah, yeah of course david was a real asshole by the way he was the he was, he the was terrible that yeah. He, yeah he was, he was crazy yeah 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 although i kind of believe him like I felt like he was actually a believable character. Jumping. He was. He yeah. was. He was. I think Shira might be too. It's just that there was something about, and their connection. I agree, by the way, Mal. Like they did have chemistry. Yeah. And um, they really, really connected and cared about each other. One thing that I thought was interesting was at one point he's like, "You're really special, and I, I really care about you." And she's like, "You could just pluck me out for any single Jewish girl. I'm this. I'm." not special i'm the same as every other single jewish girl right that made me feel bad that made me feel bad for her 
and her self-love and self-worth or lack thereof because to think like I'm not unique I'm not special I'm literally the same as anyone else who's walking up and down the street just made me feel badly for Shira because there was something in her and I would say the something was like an openness to getting to know a stranger on a roof does make her very different than the rest of the girls Totally. But I thought it was a good lot. Like it was a memorable interchange because it also kind of highlighted this this world that she's in where she is on this carousel of just like these men and women dating each other where it does feel like they are all kind of interchangeable. Like they're all sort of just stand ins and, and, you know, no one's no one's really getting to know each other. She's feeling like no one's really getting to know each other. No one's really judging her based on anything so important. I think that's part of what she feels. I yeah. did also feel like when Jeff is like, you're one of the kindest people I've ever met, where I was like, she is? Like, what is she? He's barely said anything to her. Like, how is she so, what did she say? Like, but I feel like that's just a proxy for, I have a crush on you, and I feel like you're special, even though maybe I don't have enough to go on to really right. say that. But I feel it anyway, so I get it. But it did feel a little like a line. It did. It did. Okay, there is something in this book that I feel most readers would overlook, but given that I have a really strong aversion to tuna and tuna salad. Yes. Did you notice? There's so much tuna in this book. There was a couple of times where I was like, where I did notice tuna. And also egg salad featured prominently. Oh. Like, I think yes. but made it like egg salad is a traditional Jewish, it was like a traditional Jewish food, gefilte fish, challah, and egg salad. <laughs> I was like, I don't get it. I was also, I was, I had a question mark about that too. Egg salad. Right, I mean, I know she brought I, him like a, yes. a little bit of every traditional food, and there was egg salad. Yes, yeah, like, well, you have to have it with egg salad. I was like, he does. Um, but here are some of the tuna passages. Okay, let's just forget about it. I'll see you later. She's talking to her best friend at school. Please tell me you're going to make your mother's famous tuna salad for lunch tomorrow. She grins, and I promise I'll bring some for you. I squeal, hugging her. Thanks so much. I draw away. I'm still waiting for you to give me the recipe. She zips an invisible zipper across her lips, not even on my deathbed. I slap her playfully. You're mean. See you. I head down the hall to my class. As soon as I enter, three girls nearly attack me in the doorway. Okay, she loves tuna that much, and her friend is just zipping her mouth shut. I just, it keeps coming up. Tuna keeps coming up in the book. Also, like, what could that, like, how much variation is there on a tuna salad? Like, I don't make it. I have an aversion to it, but I'm certain I would do a good job. Like, dill, some chopped celery. Like, I can't even say the word that I wouldn't put in it. It starts with an M. I know the word. I know the word. You know, but like, right? Like, red onion? I don't know. I feel like I'd make a killer one. Yeah. What, what is the secret ingredient? That she's had it and she couldn't put her fit. Like she needs the recipe. Like the right. recipe's what? all there. You're eating it. <laughs> You're, don't you see what's you in it? You see this? what's in it. Like what? Yeah. Um, anyway, it keeps going. I'm going to read you more. It's not right to make fun of him, even if he did treat us badly. They're talking about that David date. Yeah, you're right. She leans back in her chair. I take a bite of my lunch. Talking to my mom always makes me feel better, but for some reason it didn't this morning. Pouring my heart out to Panina helps too. And I find my appetite coming back. This tuna is seriously heaven, I say. It's <laughs> gross. <laughs> Why does it keep coming up? Also, like, even if you like tuna salad, which I do, I don't have a problem with it, but, like, it's not really comfort food, a tuna salad, like, that you're like, ah, like, it's seriously heaven? Like, it just doesn't... <laughs> okay, so then she tells Jeff about it on this page, okay? In her conversations with Jeff, she brings up the tuna. Yeah, he's got to know about the tuna. 
So he's like, what is a day in the life like in your Jewish life? He's like, what's a day in the life like? So she's like describing her life. I get dressed. I pray. I eat breakfast. He's like, pray? Yeah, it takes about an hour. Then I take care of things I need to take care of. Sometimes I make dinner because my mom comes home late and doesn't have time to cook. Sometimes I do the shopping or I grade papers. Then I either eat a quick lunch and get to school or I get to school early and eat lunch there. My friend Panina makes this awesome tuna salad. I lick my lips just thinking about it. He laughs. Okay, then what? Then I teach my first class, and after that, we have afternoon prayers. So you pray twice a day. I pray in the morning, the girl, blah, 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 blah. She licks her lips just thinking about it. I, I can't believe she's telling him about her day. And, and that's like the famous tuna salad comes up. Prominently figures in the day. I mean, but the thing is, like, he laughs. Like, maybe he thinks it's cute. And, like, it is nice. Like, I feel like it is nice when you're, like, dating and, like, want to know what the person, like, ate. Like, oh, what'd you eat today? But yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah. you know, whatever they always eat every day. Sure. Just, like, the, you know, mundane. T- but, like, this, she loves this tuna salad. Anyway, it comes up in the book many more times. I won't read every single verse. But no, no, that's a good. I, I, it's just a lot of tuna in this book. That's very, I don't know. That's very, listen, I, I like that she's trying to, like, Again, there's like a weird thing where it's like, you know, she's trying to put in sensory details that are sort of fleshing out the scenes. It's it, this, the book is a little like the descriptions are not, she's very heavy on the dialogue and like the inner monologue of this character. Not so, like she doesn't really describe scenes, like, you know, there's not so much physical description of anything. Right. And you know, I love that. I love when the city's another character or the apartment or the, right, you're right about that. And the the, the food in, is included in that. So you're maybe right. the tuna is like an attempt at that. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably, probably is. So they end up together and um, I'm happy for them. And her family's okay with it. I mean, like it all really comes together. It really comes together. Her family's very supportive. They love each other. What do you think about this? Like a few times in the book, it sort of comes up that like love does not factor in. Like they are in love. She feels that she loves, she loves him. They love each other. Yeah. And it comes up a few times that like in the dating world of the, of the Orthodox world, like love is not a part of it. Like that's not really something that's considered. And I don't know if I believe that. And you know, I'm just curious what you think about that. And we'll talk a little bit about what's what's coming up next for the pod, but it's related. But but yeah, what do you think about that? Is love not a part of it? I, I don't know. I don't know that that's true. Well, it's interesting even here because it's sort of like when they when they have that conversation, maybe they have it more than once, but I remember one time in particular, they both kind of agree that it's a good idea that love not be the sort of driving factor behind getting married. Like she kind of very authoritatively is like, you know, we believe in a love that grows with time and it's more about being compatible in terms of what you want. And he's sort of like, that makes sense. But yet at the same time, they consider themselves to be falling in love and she's very preoccupied by it. So it's like they're with, agreeing. With zero this, compatibility. Right. With no like common ground in terms of what they want and the kind of life they want to lead and whatever. Right. Right. So it seems like they're both, you know... They're rationally agreeing on something, but they don't actually want to put it into practice for themselves. Yeah, I, I think, it, I mean, if, if, if people are going on shadchan dates and they're getting set up by a matchmaker and they're going on a handful of dates before making a decision to get, to get engaged, they, 
they aren't basing it on whether or not they're in love. They are not. It's, they're not, really. Right. It's true. Like, they're basing it on compati- what they perceive to be compatibility and that they think a love will grow. I don't think they're, like, they want to ultimately love the person and will. But, yeah, I, I, just, I just never thought about it like that. Yeah, and some kind of, like, a spark or an infatuation or something, I'm sure, is involved. That's not – I don't think it's so devoid of, like – I don't think it's so rational, like... Of course it has to do with attraction, interest, attraction, like, excitement. Yeah, they, something that's definitely... drawing them to the other person if it's not just sort of purely sort of, like, things on a paper. Right. One thing that I thought she did well was describe to him... When she was talking about dating, and he was like, so you have a matchmaker? Like, so it's an arranged marriage? And she's like, no, it's not an arranged marriage. It's how, it's how we get set up. We get set up on dates, and then we go on those dates and get to decide if we want to keep dating the person. And she did describe that in a way that does feel realistic based on what I know of the yeshivish world in dating. Yeah, which she I even feel got like into, is... like, sometimes it's not a matchmaker. Sometimes we get set up by a parent's friends, or, you know, like, it's... She really... I thought she describe that pretty accurately and like you can see how it's different than like the the dating that um is described in schmutz like the hasidic dating like these people are not meeting at their parents houses they're not the 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 parents are not accompanying them on the date you know it's it's not hasidic right right Uh, that's totally true um I also thought this other thing she did kind of well was when she was talking to Jeff. Shira was describing to Jeff how there's like different kind of like levels of orthodoxy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if levels is the term that they would use or that people do use. Maybe levels is the term, but she's kind of like describing that some people cover their hair. Not everyone covers their hair. Um, some people do touch. Not everyone touches. Like, And some people do wear pants. Like, I actually did appreciate that she kind of laid that out there. She was never like, well, there's multiple denominations and some practice this way and some do this. Like, it was obviously not that. She was really talking about, like, I think within the Orthodox world. But he was like, you know, you know, right, but if, just, if they're... Yeah, which know, is interesting because I actually often have wondered, like, if what do ultra-Orthodox people think about kind of, like, modern Orthodox people? You know, like, what do those people who live in, you know, Lakewood and Borough Park, like, do they consider, like, sort of... Upper West Side, modern Orthodox people, Orthodox, or is it sort of so far from them? But it seems like she does, like she's describing it. Well, because he says, but all religious Jews keep kosher in the Sabbath and all that. And she says, yep. And he says, okay. And I, what I think is like the kashrut and like keeping Shabbat and holidays, like I think that like those tenets is is like what unifies it and what makes people in one world think the other people in the other world are still quote-unquote orthodox like at having just been in an eight-bedroom house for all of Pesach with seven yeshivish people three modern orthodox people I don't know if everyone would identify the way I'm identifying them and like six uh not religious secular traditional egalitarian I don't know how any of those people I'm defining would define themselves but not orthodox not orthodox Jews all in one house together for Pesach like Mm -hmm. I do think that the kashrut and Shabbat and those observances like levels the playing field for yeshivish Jews to think that other Jews are yes orthodox but with an understanding that they're in a different community or world or yeah, yeah, totally. I, that makes sense to me. I guess I just, I always, sometimes I feel like if I'm talking to someone who's like ultra-Orthodox and I, 
I use some terminology or I reference something where it makes it clear that like I have a Jewish education and I know these terms and I like can speak the lingo, I almost feel like if I don't look or like if they see me and they know like I'm wearing pants or like I'm married, I'm not covering my hair, it's almost like what I say doesn't register to them. Like they're still going to treat me like there's still this like feeling you're Jeff of, like, on the roof? I'm Jeff on the roof. Like, I could make any, like, <laughs> reference, like, you know, I, you know, I, I could, like, be start quoting psukim and halachot and using whatever correct terms. And, like, if they see me and the image doesn't match, it's almost like it doesn't penetrate. I I don't know. And maybe because, like, in, the, in my eight-bedroom in Orlando, it's one family. So everyone knows each other. And, you know, so, like, right. may, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's true. It's But it's almost like when you're walking on the street and, like, all the Chabadniks are chasing you. Like, you Jewish? You Jewish? To, like, try to give you candles? Right. You know? Or, like, mm-hmm. if yeah. you know when that happens? Like, they're trying to get you in the mitzvah yeah, yeah. tank to, like, you know, shake sure. the lulav and etrog. Or, you know, it happens a few times a year, I think, to everyone in New York. Like, but then you're like, I, you're like, I like, good job, it's like, and they, like, right. look shocked, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Like and that. I'm always trying. <laughs> William's always trying to get me to, like, give the give the right phrase that's gonna tip them off to like i'm very jewish <laughs> like like baruch hashem i lit can i i'm gonna lay by you next job you know like just to give a whole string of things and i'm always like i don't want to do that because i sometimes i just feel like whatever i do it's not i don't know it's just there's a divide but it's also we're strangers so of course there's a divide of like course. you know it makes sense of course there is um so yeah, Chaya T. Hirsch, she's written a lot of other books. Interesting. I wonder if in a, at a certain point we will dive into another one. Are they all, I wonder if they're all kind of about the same community, probably. I think they are. I think that she is writing, it's like a, a FUBU type situation for us, by us, not right. us, or, but she's writing, I think, for her community. I think she's, I think that her, she's, I mean, I again, I would love to talk to her about this, Chaya, if you're out there. Um, you know, the DMs are open, Chaya. But, I, you know, I'm, I just kind of feel like she is really writing for her community to be able to have romance and books about friendship, but also about their community, right? It's like totally, totally sneeze. It is definitely not schmutz. schmutz there's no schmutzedick anything in this book. No, 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 no. I do like that the cover has like a religious couple walking on a beach yes a beachy wedding is unusual was there a because beachy in, wedding in the book no 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 there was not a beachy wedding in the book right i don't think they so. weren't on it the just, beach no it just seems no, funny no. maybe there are a couple walking on the beach no, <laughs> i didn't no, know no, where no, that no, came no, from no. but oh no no it it came from uh you know yeah just folk, what's the jewish stock photos stock photos jewish stock photos jewish stock photos love it because also like going to the beach is a whole thing like whether or not people go to the beach is a thing Right, right, right. Even I've heard being these on the beach. Yeah, yeah. Even like, being what on the beach. See? Would you go to a beach? Oh, no. When I first got back from Israel, I would never have gone to the beach. But a few years later, I mellowed out. Now I would take my kids to the beach. You know, right, that right, kind right, of thing. Right. I would only go to the separate beach in Israel. Right. Exactly. You know, if you've, if, you, if you've had these conversations together on the beach, you know who you are. And I look forward to this summer on the beach. But <laughs> um, we have a lot of listeners, Ma. Do we? We do. We have a lot of people who, who listen. I got some voice notes about this past this past episode, the Pesach episode, brought a lot of people a lot of joy. 
a I'm lot glad. of people had a lot of people laughed about it um and had things to say seth my brother-in-law um by the way is now a modern orthodox jew living on the upper west side and i had a he had a lot to say about what we were talking about the upper west side daniel cohen book and he was saying google docs also my sister-in-law esther google docs 100 hmm. percent happening for shabbat meals 100 percent a big shabbat meal there's google docs because we said google docs not happening at all right in it, our day it's but they've moved it, on technologically yeah that's good me, Makes sense. meal prep meal prep very much happening like we are just um elder millennials and so you know it's just the things are moving along with the times and i'm happy for them really yeah. i wouldn't expect <laughs> them to hold themselves back for our sakes no no i'm happy for them too they're taking a lot of ubers to a lot of places yeah, there's good. google docs there's yeah, whatsapp i mean there's just a whole world out there it's a whole world yeah, i'm sure everyone has an iphone right um but a lot of things definitely sound simple but there's no squash cocoa by the way really no squash cocoa that's a, with a little cinnamon <laughs> they still no the, taco what salad. about the one with the raw ramen noodles is that happening <laughs> i have to ask but no taco salad Oh, the taco remember salad. Oh, my God. I made that 50 bazillion times. You know, I've been making it without the dressing when I would bring it to your Thank house. You. I would put it on the side. Thank you. I really appreciate course, it. At least I could do. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so listen. I, I There's a, a new show coming to Netflix. And it's similar to the show Indian Matchmaking, but Jewish Matchmaking is coming. Yes. Yes. And it comes out May 3rd. Um, and I think that for our next episode we, we will should put a pin in reading and we should we should watch jewish matchmaking and review it absolutely what are we watching yeah, i the, can't is I it can't gonna wait. be the for one episode like the first episode like what are we i gonna... mean i'm sure a few will come out on may 3rd okay i think we should watch them and and i mean honestly i'd like to i let's see how the how the show is and then decide if we're going to be reviewing all of them you know Knowing, given our history, maybe we'll interview a cast member. You know, we don't know. That would be so fun. That would be great. So, so I was so so for our listeners. I know some people really like to read along with us, and for you, we are so grateful. Yeah, and appreciate it. Is fun. The book club element, we like. The, it. You know, but um, for our next episode, we're going to be watching and and recapping, doing a recap of Jewish matchmaking. Sounds great. This so is going to be rich material. I'm excited. <laughs> Anything about Shira's secret that we didn't that we didn't cover? I think we really said it all. Yeah, yeah, we said it all. Maybe a little bit too much because I think it's kind of a problem when you say TLDR and then talk for 52 you really, minutes. Really? So. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. Um. You know what? I'm glad we read it. I like it. I. I mean, I. I. I admire Chi Hirsch, whoever she is. Like she has a perspective, and she's sharing it. And like you said, it's daunting to write a long book, and she really did it. So, um, and it. It. I don't know. It, it evoked a community and really portrayed that community. So I appreciate that. Yeah, it really did. Chaya, thank you. Yeah, and you know, if you want to, Chaya, if you're out there and you want to share more, we're very open. And Chaya, if you have a book of yours that you would like us to read next, let us know. You know, you've written a lot. I don't know that we're going to get to all of them. Right. Do you well, have a recommendation you know what? Eventually from your we catalog? Will. Yeah, yeah. yeah if like you have it. a recommendation from your catalog, that's a good way of putting it. Chaya, let us know. And um, if for our listeners, they're all on Kids Alone Limited, which is really, I mean, an excellent treasure trove. For this many Orthodox romances, just to be free on Kids Alone Limited... 
Enjoy. Yes. Okay, so catch up on Jewish matchmaking before you tune in in two weeks to our next episode. Yeah, because there will be there will be spoilers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There will be spoilers. We're gonna talk about all of it. I'm very excited. I can't wait. All right, all right. Bye everybody. Bye, mom. Good night. Passover's over, and wouldn't it be neat if you could use all the matzah that you didn't eat? Crumble up some matzah to line your hamster cage, or you can use it as a bookmark to hold your page. Break a stack of matzah when you practice your karate. Build a matzah dark house for your doggy named Scotty. Make a little matzah board and wave it goodbye. Or you can make a pair of matzah wings and learn how to fly. Wear some matzah jewelry. Make a picture frame for me. Have a drink of matzah tea. Matzah's all that I can see. There's just one more thing to do with unleavened bread. You can eat it, cause it ain't all that bad.